God is so good, and we rejoice in the goodness of God. Um, it is Pentecost Sunday, and um, I love this day. I love, I love speaking on and about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit. Um, we're going to get into it in just a moment. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's also 21 days to Father's Day. thought I'd throw that out there. Um, it's um, a great day to serve God. Where there's more darkness in the world, our light for Christ shines even brighter, and the darker it gets. So keep that in mind. Where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. More sin, more grace. So... Uh, Thank God, God's helping us. God's desire is to bring the will of heaven to earth. And as he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. But uh, we, we love you folks that are online. And um, many of you have some physical issues and certainly understandable. Um, you stay safe, of course. And others, I know you are feeling comfortable and waiting a week or so. And so now it's the second week. We'll see you next Sunday. Um, but uh, God bless you. Above all else, talking about the Holy Spirit, above all else, whether it's this uh, virus, the lockdowns that have happened in our country or whatever it is, um, we want to be led by the Spirit. Regardless of what we do, we want to be led by the Spirit. That's one of the identifying factors of a believer is we're led by the Spirit. So we want to be. Um, the professionals have given us conflicting information, and um, it's ever-changing. The only thing that doesn't change is right here. And so we declare the goodness of God and the Word of God. The Lord is good. Amen. Um, next Sunday, next weekend, Saturday night service, uh, I told someone that was, you know, asking about the social distancing, and I said, hey, uh, we have 3,000 or so seats. Um, we usually have around 300 on Saturday. Uh, you can really spread out, all right, on Saturday night. So you can be 50 feet from someone and... Um, Barely see them if you don't have good eyesight. So anyway, Saturday night, for those of you in, uh, in that category, you may want to try out the Saturday night service. And uh, it's great, wonderful people, uh, an incredible group of people gather here every Saturday night. Next weekend, we have something special going on. We're going to be giving out next weekend a, a box of groceries to every family. And even if you say, I don't need them, take them to somebody that does need them. Or maybe you've got a relative that's mad at you. Take them two boxes, all right? Um, bless them. Do something good to somebody. I know you know someone that could probably use them. Do you know of a single mom? Take them to her. So that'll be next weekend uh, after every one of the services, Saturday, Sunday morning, both services. Well, we're, today we're talking about the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. The Word of God says, And being assembled together with them. 
He, that is Christ, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Let me tell you where we are on the chronological calendar of biblical events. This is the day that Christ ascended back into heaven. He is speaking to a crowd there on the Mount of Olives of about 500 people. So being assembled together with him, this 500 or so people, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. And here it is. He says to them, I'm commanding you not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Here it is. So Jesus says there's a promise from the Father that is going to happen. He's going to give you. It is a promise. He said, you have heard from me. Many times Christ had spoken about the Holy Spirit to his disciples, to his followers. At that point in his earlier ministry, even when he sent the disciples out, uh, the sick were healed, miracles took place, even at the hands of the disciples before Christ was crucified, the Holy Spirit had come upon them to empower them at that time. The Holy Spirit had not come within them. So here we find where he's talking to most of these disciples, the 500, most of them uh, had not, of course, they had had the Spirit come upon them, but not within them. So this is 40 days, approximately 40 days after Passover that they find themselves there where Christ is going to ascend back into heaven from the Mount of Olives. And he says to them, go and wait. He didn't tell them how long. He didn't tell them really uh, what kind of promise it was as far as all the details of it. He just said, there's going to be a promise he said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That was the promise of the Father. And he says it to every one of us that are listening and everyone that will hear this broadcast, uh, those that you share with uh, the same truth. Uh, he has this promise for you. So the promise was the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 5, and we read, And John truly, Jesus said, baptized with water, but you, you, the 500 or those of you that will wait and obey, those of you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And of course, we know that Pentecost was 10 days later when he told them this. And on that day, 120 were in the upper room. The 11 disciples, minus Judas, of course. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room. So the Bible says as uh, they were in the upper room, they were waiting. Don't know if they knew or even imagined how long it would take. But it is significant that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. But first, let's go back to John chapter 20 because there may be those listening 
that say, well, pastor, this is well and good, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I received the Holy Spirit at salvation. And you would be right, all right? Because you do. When you're born again, your spirit is born again, and the Holy Spirit comes in, changes your spirit, makes it all new. It's a new creation, your spirit is. And at that point, the Holy Spirit uh, is in your life. But it is not, well, let's read it. John 20 and verse 21. And the Bible says, so Jesus said to them, again, peace to you. Now, here in John 20, he is talking to uh, 10 of the disciples, Judas having hung himself, Thomas, we don't know where Thomas was, he was somewhere else, he wasn't there, but they were in a room with the doors closed, Jesus appeared to them, and from scripture, it indicates that this was the Sunday night after he was crucified on Friday during the day, early morning. And so they're there, 10 disciples. He says to them, peace to you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, the 10 disciples. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that this is where these 10 disciples were born again. It, he breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. We know, of course, they did. And so as they received the Holy Spirit, just like you and I, when we were born again, we received the Holy Spirit. We cried out. We repented. We said, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. And the Holy Spirit came into our life changed our spirit. Now, let's go back. The reason I give you that verse is because some of you are like, well, I, I already have the Holy Spirit. I got it. Holy Spirit is salvation. True. But now, for to those same disciples that he breathed on and they received in John 20, we go to Acts 2, verse 4. Same disciples were there Mother of Christ was there, and uh, they were all, the Bible says, they were all, say all, all of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But didn't they receive the Spirit back in John, at least the 10? Yes. But this is a subsequent work of God in a believer's life. It can happen at the same time as salvation, but Typically, normally, it probably in most cases happens afterwards. Now, and they began to speak with other tongues. I know this is where people get tripped up, but you don't have to, all right? These disciples, 120 in the upper room, they didn't know they were going to speak in tongues. There was no indication. They knew what was going to happen to them. But that morning on Pentecost uh, morning, Holy Spirit moved into that place. Uh, they, they sensed a wind of the Spirit. They saw, saw cloven tongues of fire. Uh, it was an incredible bursting out of the church of Jesus Christ. And that is what Pentecost is all about. That's why other churches around the world celebrate Pentecost. It was the 
birthing of the church of Jesus Christ. So, and they received uh, and spoke in tongues or a heavenly language, uh, um, a language of the Spirit as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, uh, many of you, you could preach this sermon by now, but others of you, you are relatively hearing it for the first time. So, in the upper room, these disciples, at the obedience of the command of Christ, they wait, they tarry, they pray, they seek, they sing, they worship. I, I don't know. They ran the gamut, no doubt, during those 10 days. But when the Holy Spirit came, and now you don't have to wait. Um, they were waiting because of the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days, don't lose me here, but 50 days after the Passover in Egypt to the giving of the law. But it became known, Pentecost became known as the celebration of the harvest of the wheat. So it had to deal with harvest. And I think it's significant that it happened on this day, Pentecost, the uh, celebration of the harvest of wheat because of the harvest of souls that Christ was empowering them with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Orlando, we are here to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, I know you can... I know you can share the gospel if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, of course. I know if you are saved, you're going to heaven. But you are missing out on something God intended for you. You're missing out on the promise of the Father. And you don't realize what you're missing until you receive it. And then you're like, why in the world didn't I seek after and believe and receive before now? I will guarantee you. So... They began to speak. Now, that's significant. Verse 4, they began to speak. When you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that prayer language, you have to speak it out. But it's the Holy Spirit utterance. In other words, it's the language of the Spirit, but you have to speak it out. So, uh, you don't get it from your mind. You don't formulate words in your mind and speak. You don't hear somebody next to you speaking in tongues and try to imitate them. No, it comes from the spirit within and uh, flows out of your life, all right? So, uh, they began to speak. Now, let me just give you a, a little bit of what happened. They received in the upper room the 120. They began to speak in tongues. And I believe, uh, even in the upper room that day, that they received their personal prayer language. Uh, I believe when they walked outside, when a crowd gathered of thousands, they walked outside then some of them, we don't know if all, but some of them began to speak at least 16 known languages to the crowd that had gathered that morning from around the world. They were there for the celebrations, and, and so they were still there. And as a result of that, they heard them speaking in their own language. Uh, uh, you read it, it's at least 16 of them. And so this was a supernatural 
thing that God did on that day. That doesn't normally happen, that somebody receives and it's a known language. It happened to me once. I spoke in Spanish believe it or not, in Bulgaria of all places uh, at a time when I was praying for college students. Uh, and I've got a witness to that. A Spanish-speaking person wrote it down. But another time, one of our associates was in, on a missions trip in South America, and they met for prayer. Some of the workers from that area were there, and he was praying in the Spirit. All of a sudden, one of the men I mean, began to act like uh, this was something was happening and he started telling the people there that he's speaking in this uh, dialect that hardly anybody uses anymore. He got all excited. And God, that morning, no doubt, used Norman uh, at that time to reach a man that uh, God wanted to reach that morning. So that happens also. But generally speaking, it is your personal prayer language, heavenly language, whatever you want to call it. It's of the Holy Spirit. Now, Pentecost. What an incredible day. The birth of the church of Jesus Christ as we know it. Now, after they came down, they were speaking in tongues when they first came out. But at one point, Peter steps up. And now he starts to preach the gospel to that crowd. And in verse 14, chapter 2, let's look at it. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. All who dwell in Jerusalem. Now, Peter, I don't think fully comprehended what he was saying. But by the Spirit of God, he was declaring that this message, this promise of the Father was available to every man in Jerusalem. I think if you would have stopped Peter and said, who is all? He probably would have said all the Jews in Jerusalem because he still not had come to the revelation that God loves everybody and God wants everybody to be born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Peter, being a Jewish man, even though he was born again at this point, still he wasn't thinking that this should go to the Romans. They hated, well, he didn't necessarily, but Jews by and large hated the Romans. They were occupiers. Uh, he didn't mean the other people from other nations because they looked down on them. They were heathen uh, people. So the Jews were very exclusive when it came to their group until God started getting a, a part of their heart. But here Peter says, by the Spirit, all who dwell in Jerusalem, now let it be known to you. Heed my words, for the promise, the Father's promise, is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. All. I don't think he comprehended what the Spirit and the magnitude of what the Spirit was saying right there to all who are afar off. As many as the Lord our God shall call the promise of the Father. Peter preached was for everybody in the whole world. Now, I purposely held off this week and to this time in Scripture where Peter 
by his preaching, by the Spirit, is breaking down racial, cultural walls. So I held off, and I'm going to pray in a moment after I share with you about the events of this week. And then we'll move forward a little bit further in the Scripture. But I haven't shared on social media or otherwise this week about Mr. George Floyd, who died a horrible death from every indication, grass gasping, gasping, not grasping, but gasping for breath. When I heard about it, I, I went online. I wanted to see it. Usually, when I see video, I try to withhold judgment because I know video can be edited and, and um, manipulated, but when I saw this raw phone footage of this scene, and I saw this man lying there on the pavement with a policeman with his knee to his neck, and I could hear him, I could hear his voice saying, I can't breathe. Your heart, no doubt, like mine, just, just it, was, it was just unbelievable what you were hearing. And the gut-wrenching emotion that went with that. I listened to it, and I'm looking, and, and then realizing, of course, by the time I saw it, that the man died right there on the sidewalk or on the street. We've got all this emotion as a believer seeing this. And my focus is on him. It's not on the officer. It's on him and what he's saying. And immediately my compassion moves toward him. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't feel any hate toward the officer at that, that moment. That's not even my focus. I'm listening to a man that's dying and at that moment we now know and can't breathe and basically begging for his life. And then of course everything else that has happened this week is, is history and history unfolding yet. The Bible tells us to be slow to speech. And I believe one of the reasons is because we should process by the Spirit's help, not our minds, but by the Spirit's help, every situation in life we deal with. And certainly with things like this. And, and that's one of the reasons I didn't want to post because I was reading some good posts and I even thought about sharing, but I'm like, I'm not going to, I just can't get into this right now. There's too much raw emotion. There's too many people responding in, in anger and, and without, um, even sometimes you get Christians and we're all, we all fail, but that respond out of anything but the spirit. And we understand we can get in the flesh but I just thought, I'm not going there because people are, it's just too raw. People are just responding. They're not even thinking. They're just responding emotionally instead of by the Spirit. But we did want to share today. And as I read about this man's life, I read that um, 
he had been involved in trying to get ministries in a poor area in Texas that he was trying to help. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this guy must have been a believer from what I'm reading. And, and that brought a measure of comfort and admiration toward him more so because I don't know him just like you. And so then as I'm reading this, I think, okay, the last thing he would have wanted is for riots to break out, people to lose their livelihoods, uh, buildings burned, people hurt. He would not have wanted that. How do I know? Because his family came on television and pleaded with people to not do that. And uh, yet the, he, uh, the, the pleading went unheeded. And so I believe with all my heart, he would say the same thing. Don't do that. And as a believer, hey, I don't know where his spiritual life is, but as a believer, there on that street, he may have breathed his last here on earth. But at that moment, his spirit would have gone into the presence of God. And as a believer standing in the presence of God, that, that should, no matter how we die, the reward is all of a sudden we're there and he's there. No, he, he wouldn't want destruction to happen. And then an officer, I don't know that man either. And like I said, I didn't feel hate toward him. I, I still, I'm, I don't feel hate. To, how, you're not, we're not to hate people. We just plain are not to hate people. That's not what Christ taught. And then I see the example, Martin Luther King, and all I've seen and all I've read about his life uh, was a life of, we're going to do this God's way. We're going to do this by the Spirit. We're not going to enter in with violence. And there were those in his camp that wanted him to, you know, we shouldn't allow them to do this. We should fight back. And Nope, we're not going to do that. And it was spellbinding when I saw him in a crowd of peaceful marchers marching up to a bridge and, and being attacked mercilessly of years ago. And, and they were trying to defend themselves where they were not fighting back to kill and maim in return. And I guess that's one of the reasons that he is so, so looked at in, in such a high and lofty position as human beings because of the way he conducted himself. And then, of course, there's Christ that is to lead us and guide us. It is Christ that sent the promise of the Father so that his followers would go out and win those Romans like were won in, in chapter 10 of Acts the centurion, who him and his whole family came to Christ. It was the crowds and the people that the Jews didn't really like at the time, that they were to go and reach and see their heart change from evil to love. And Christ is still baptizing in the Holy Spirit and calling all of us to reach those who have hearts that are dead to the things of God. Folks, there will always be racism. You will never wipe it out. You, there will always be evil acts. You will never wipe it out. 
Why? Because people don't have the heart of Christ, which is a heart of love. And so you and I are, instead of casting dispersions at them, you and I take it upon ourselves to pray for them, God help them, God move in America, God almighty, God forgive us. It's, that is our call. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you if someone had reached out to that law officer, Derek, and won him to Christ. I don't believe for a moment that if he had been born again, filled with the Spirit, that the same results would have happened. Because you act different, you talk different, uh, you work different when you have the Spirit of God within you. The problem is not racism, the problem is a need for God, a heart without God. That is the problem. Such a sad picture of a black man standing there crying because the business he had worked for years and years and years to establish burned down in one night's act. Another picture that moved me deeply was the fact that I'm far peaceful marching and, and in this particular case, I, I don't blame them at all for rising up and peacefully marching and, and uh, declaring that this kind of thing needs to stop and we need to do everything we can. There's no problem with that. But there are those that have infiltrated mostly any peaceful march. And, but one scene I saw that was so stirring to me and just, I thought, this is incredible. There was a white police officer that had, officer that had gotten separated from the other officers and he was right by himself, backed up against the wall. And a whole row of black guys lined up arm in arm with their backs toward him to protect him from anybody that wanted to hurt him or throw something at him or get to him and beat him up. That, when you see something like that, you just think, surely there must have been some Christians in that row. Or maybe they were just good people that just didn't want to see this happen. But you and I are called to change the hearts of men and women by the work of the Holy Spirit through us. That's what you and I are called to do. Let's pray for this nation. Father, God, help this nation. Oh, God, help this nation. God, help us as believers to see the bigger picture the picture of a world in need, a nation in need of Christ. Lord, help us to clearly understand nothing can change the hearts of men except the Spirit of God coming in to give them a new spirit. God, give us a renewed passion to reach the lost. God, tomorrow at work, God, open doors for people. God, in the, the weeks to come, open doors. God, I pray that you would so fill us with a spirit that those who that we deem the hardest to reach and maybe impossible to reach, God, they would become our goal and our focus of prayer in the days to come. May it be so in our lives. Have mercy. I pray, oh Lord God, have mercy on this nation. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Amen. The Bible says that, talking about the Spirit, the Bible says we became a new creation. It is not referring to the outward body. Uh, the truth of the matter is, I am a spirit being. I have a soul. I live in a body. I am a spirit being. I have a soul, um, emotions, and mind, and I live in a body. Why don't you say it with me? I am a spirit being. I have a soul. I live in a body. One more time. I am a spirit being. I have a soul. I live in a body. And so when Christ talked about a new creation, it was the spirit. Our spirit was dead to the things of God. It was very much alive to the flesh, but dead to the things of God. God gave us a new spirit. Now, I kind of think it would be nice if he had given us a new body, all right? Uh, wouldn't it have been nice if we got saved and we were all of a sudden fit, slim, and a little better looking, all of us, all right? And so, I mean, talk about evangelism. Now, that one really would have worked. I, virus or no virus, if people were getting losing weight, being saved at these altars, they'd stream in here by the thousands, all right, to get a new body. You don't get a new body. If you're bald before you got saved, you'll be a saved bald person, all right? So it's just, just an absolute given. But we're a spirit being. We are not led by our minds, our reasoning. We are not to be led by our emotions. No, we're to be led by the Spirit. We get into trouble when we are led by our mind. We get into trouble when we are led by our emotions. When I first took this young lady out years ago, I took her to a nice restaurant. She later told me she had never been to one. She only had dated cheap guys. Uh, but uh, when she met me, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, but I took her to a nice restaurant, took her home early, about nine o'clock. I was a youth pastor. I went to the church and I got on my knees and I said, God, help me. Do not let my emotions get ahead of your will. Our emotions, our mind can cause us to do things, say things that our spirit would never want us to do. So we are spirit beings. We have a soul and the way we renew our soul, we don't get a new soul. We renew it. We uh, uh, transform it. How? By the word of God, by the presence of the Lord. That's how that happens. All right. So let me read to you Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, not our mind, not our emotions, not the news networks, not the experts, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Then it says in Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, the Spirit of God does touch our mind and, and gives us thoughts that are godly thoughts and, and direction from God. Uh, the Spirit of God touches our emotions. Your emotions have been touched today. But the Spirit has transformed our spirit and we become people who are to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us. Well, that's why some churches fail. It's all about reasoning, their mindset, what their mind thinks. No, 
The Bible clearly tells us we are to be led by the Spirit. Now, let me read to you again Acts chapter 2, 39, and it's this. For the promise is to you, Christ said. 2.39, for the promise is to you, to your children, to all who are afar off. We are afar off from where Peter preached this. As many as the Lord your God shall call. It's the Father's promise. They were expecting that day. They had been expecting ever since Christ told them. They were waiting, anticipating. They didn't know how long, but they were still there. I don't know what happened to the other part of the 500 crowd. Maybe they were praying at home that morning. I don't know. I don't want to uh, condemn them in any way, shape, or form. But 120 left in that upper room praying. And that morning, the Holy Spirit was poured out. I'm sure the others joined them later and got in on what God was doing. But the incredible thing was God transformed their lives and Peter stood up. Peter, a man that ran from a little servant girl, Peter stood up and preached boldly to thousands of men. And the Spirit of God convicted them. And the Bible says they cried out, what must we do to be saved? And 3,000 plus people that day gave their heart to Christ and decided to follow him. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. Today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't even know if you fully understand even after talking about it. And the good news is you don't have to understand it all. When I received, I didn't understand it all. I thought the Holy Spirit would come on me and take over and speak through me and I'd just be in like a trance. Nothing could have been further from the truth. What I want today is this. At the campuses, online, whether it's you're in the living room or wherever you are, here's what I want. I want the same thing to happen to all of you that do not have or maybe have not been walking in the Spirit or in that experience you had years ago. When I, on a... August night, walked into a little church. One Sunday night, I was going through some things. I had a lot on my mind, but I came there just because. It was my uncle's church, and I slipped into the back. I don't remember what the sermon was about. But when he said to everybody, why don't we all come to the altar, I got up, I went to the altar. And even when I went there and and knelt down, sat down literally in the floor. I, I don't remember thinking about praying about anything in particular. But a young man, and I don't know if he ever found out how God used him. But a young man looked over at me and he said, is there anything you need or I can pray for you about? And at that moment, and this is what I hope happens to you. At that moment. The Spirit of God touched my heart. And all of a sudden, out of my mouth, I spoke. Yes, I need the Holy Spirit. He didn't lay hands on me. He just sat back and started praying for me. 
And all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit was moving on my life. I was 19 years old and moving on my life. And, and eventually, all of a sudden, I spoke out. It came from within. I spoke out what sounded like a baby syllable. And my mind immediately jumped into gear and says, girl, that looks foolish. You sound foolish. You sound like a baby trying to talk. My mind was fighting against me, but in the same moment, the Spirit of God was moving, just like he's going to do in your life. The Spirit of God is here, just like he wants to do in your life. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to say, yes, that promise of the Father, I want that. You may not understand it all. You don't have to. You just have to say, I want that. Whatever God has for me, I want that. Because anything from God is good. You know that. Anything from God is good. And this is really good. And that night, as I began to pray, all of a sudden, my spirit so overpowered my mind because out of my innermost being was flowing a river of just supernatural joy. And even though that night I only spoke what sounded like baby talk, literally, I mean that set me on a course for my life where the last, all these years since, I've spoken, most of the time I pray in a prayer language because always I don't know how to pray and what to pray for. Sometimes I may even pray for you. I don't know what I'm praying. We met for prayer early this morning, the staff, and I prayed in the Spirit. I, I don't know all I was praying for, but I believe certainly I was praying that the promise of the Father would fall upon us. Let's bow our heads, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, thank you. You are there in that living room. You are there at the Michigan campus and the Red Bug Lake campus. You are here. You are in the atrium. Lord, you are everywhere. And your desire then as well as now is for every believer to receive the promise of the Father. God, almighty Lord, oh God, move among your people, God. Move among your people. Holy Spirit, touch. In Jesus' name. In a moment, we're going to transition somewhat. Now listen. This promise is for you, every one of you listening. It's for you at the campuses, everyone. And those of you at home, I don't know what your situation is. You may be by yourself. You may have other people there. But here's what I want you to do. If you're in a comfort zone where you're not going to be hindered, you just respond. You believe God to fill you with this promise of the Father, to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, to give you that wonderful heavenly prayer language. Or maybe later or now, you need to maybe slip away to a place where you can 
just, I mean, wait in the presence of God. And you don't have to wait. You could immediately, as a believer, start to receive. You don't have to wait now. They waited just because they were waiting to a God-appointed time. Your time is now. And don't say, don't say, well, I just believe that when God gets ready, he'll baptize me in the Holy Spirit if he wants me to have it. No, listen, if that principle applied, uh, the truth of the matter is God wanted you to get saved a whole lot sooner than you did. And you know that. And at the same time, this gift has been waiting for you. The promise has been waiting ever since you got saved. So yes, now it's a good time to say, God, I want everything you have for me. Father, move by your spirit in Jesus' name. Stand with us, please. And I want you, the Bible says, for those that are thirsty, for those that ask, for those that seek, they will be filled. And I'm going to ask you to just remain seated or standing wherever you are. And I want to ask you, as Pastor John leads us in a course, listen, uh, I don't, you can start singing this, but at some point I want you to just open up and say, God, here I am. Here I am. You can come to the altar area. We're not going to lay hands on you. Uh, God can still fill you with the Holy Spirit, baptize you in the Holy Spirit without even hands being laid on you. We usually do, but God can do that, absolutely. And God can baptize you where you stand. So as Pastor John starts to lead us now, if you want to come to the altar, you want to lift your hands high, you want to begin to proclaim the praises of God and let him fill you right where you are. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh God, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God. Oh Almighty, we praise your name. 
God Almighty, we praise. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move in that living room. Move in that living room, God. Move there at that campus, Lord. Move there, Red Bug, Lord. Move there in the atrium, Holy Spirit. Move, oh God. Those online, God. Those dear family in New York, God. Bless them, anoint them, empower them by your Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, we bind you. We bind doubt. We cast down doubt. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, just like, just like what I experienced. Some of you are like, God, Pastor, I, 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 I don't understand. You just, just open your mouth and say, God, oh yes, God, you have to open your mouth. You have to speak. The language is of the utterance of the Holy Spirit, God. Pour out your spirit on your people, God. Pour out your spirit, oh God. God, pour out your spirit, oh God. I pray, I pray for that one, God. Oh Lord, God Almighty that walked into this building, God, with no particular desire in their heart, I pray they would be overwhelmed with desire for God, for you, and all that you have for them. Overwhelm them with desire. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. One more time, Pastor John's gonna lead us. God Almighty Lord. Oh, Jesus, going to have a general dismissal you can feel free to stay here as long as you like those of you online I challenge you I challenge you you just go after God go after God let him fill you with his spirit it's for you it's for you and your children and all who are afar off 
It's for every believer, not just some, but you gotta believe it. And listen, if you, you need help understanding, maybe you came from a culture that said this was even of the devil, then email us. You can email us at info at Faith Assembly, and you can email us and ask us any question from the Bible. You know, we can give you plenty of scripture, plenty of explanation, any questions on any particular scripture, just ask it. And we'll try to get back with you this week as soon as possible. Linger in the presence of God. God bless you richly. Jesus, I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Fill him with you, God. Fill him with you.